This is the joy of gaming. Welcome to the Joy of Gaming Podcast, episode 67. I'm Rich Lapore. Jordan Alseca. And we are back to talk about some games uh, one day after what they're calling, what, the biggest gaming release day of, I don't know, many, many years, something like that? Yeah, I guess there were a few noteworthy titles that came out. <laughs> just one or just one or two. They snuck up on me this year, I gotta tell you. Um, Mario, I just did not expect to be coming out so soon. When it was in, when you know, when the whole Switch was launched, it felt like there was, you know, not that many games, and then it was like, Well, Mario's coming, but it's so far away. And then all of a sudden it's here and like I, I didn't even plan for it. It was weird. Yeah, it uh it's kinda crazy. Uh how there's a lot of games things came. I know, it really is. There's a lot of stuff. And, you know, because I've been so focused on playing Destiny, and, and I guess this is what it's like to be a World of Warcraft player as well, is that you're so mired in that one game and that community and that experience that you it's kind of at the exclusion of all other things. If you remember, Jordan, this is what I always used to say is the reason I don't play World of Warcraft. Yeah. It was because this in. is... And that, that's all you do, and, and it's at the exclusion of everything else. And so I was always like, I want to play a lot of games, and I know if I play WoW, that's all I'll play, and now it's kind of Destiny. But we'll get to that. I'll be talking about some Destiny stuff later. Um, and uh, also we're going to be talking about the game. So it's been about a month, almost exactly to the day, uh, since we had our last episode post. Um, and so we got a lot of stuff to talk about, some games um, that we've been playing, both of us, as well as some news. Um, there's some interesting news items. One really big one, I think, about the Visceral Star Wars game that is canceled um, and what that might mean for single-player games in general um, and things like that. Um, so that'll be interesting to talk about. We're going to start with news. Um, first off, though, how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's weird doing so little recording lately, obviously, since you and, Ke you and Kevin are killing it over on the other feed, as it were. We are. We are, we are. We, we've been doing some. We've been doing some stuff, um, seeing some movies and and talking about them. Um, but uh, hopefully, you've been keeping up on a lot of the movies as well. You've been seeing. What are, What are your quick thoughts on some of these things? Have you seen uh, Blade Runner? I, I think you weren't that pumped or, or something. No, I've not seen Blade Runner because I didn't okay. like Blade Runner that much. I know. Uh, I know. So I didn't see Twenty Forty Nine. Um, okay. You'll like it when you see it. I know you're gonna like it when you see it. Uh, all I've seen recently in theaters. I'm trying to even think. Uh, it hasn't been a lot, honestly, in theaters. I saw Friend Request. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> that was the one movie I ventured out for. Um, just because it seemed really dumb. It had Alicia Debenham Carey in it, who's an actress I like. But it was a very <laughs> dumb horror movie. Okay. Well, on, on that same note, um, Kevin and I went to uh, Happy Death Day. Yeah, that's one I want to get out to see. I just have not yet. Yeah, yeah. That was one of those things. It's like, it's Groundhog Day. It's a murder mystery. It's kind of like Scream. And it looked fun. The lead actress looked charismatic, and we're actually going to be recording about that tomorrow, um, and uh, and discussing that one a little more in depth. So I won't go into my thoughts here completely, but it sounds like it might be friend request esque in quality level. I don't know about that. Friend request was pretty terrible. 
<laughs> okay, okay. Well, this wasn't terrible. Uh, and I've seen a lot of bad horror movies this month. Yeah, so you've been doing, uh, what, this, like, Scareween or, or Halloween or Halloween. We just had came up with a hashtag so we could mark all our stuff that no one else was using. But yeah, uh, we Kelsey and I, a lot of times together, sometimes apart, we've just been watching a Halloween movie every day. Okay, all right. That's uh, crazy. three days left. Yeah, that's true. How is this Tuesday Halloween thing affecting everybody? Like, are people going to actually trick-or-treat on Tuesday night, do you think? I mean, I assume so. It's not, you know, it's... it's, oh, it's Halloween's not regularly on a weekend, so it's pretty standard. I guess not. I guess not. But although I did see somebody, like, with a raccoon suit, like, out buying a six-pack of beer. <laughs> well, parties movie. are tonight. I mean, people okay. are probably having their Halloween parties today. That's unique. Uh, hey, look at look at Jordan giving me the party update. That's that's rare. <laughs> Um, but that's Kansas, it's Kansas. <laughs> okay, all right, we can uh, leave it at that. Down the days to Magfest when I went right. back on the East Coast. Right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Um, let's see here. Um, you well, you want to dive into some news? Yeah, sure. Let's hit it. All right. Cool. So, um, I am really excited about this story. Um, not because I'm happy about it in any way, but because it's really interesting to talk about and think about. So. Visceral Games is the game company that made Dead Space. Um, they also went on later to make um, Battlefield Hardline, uh, that like cops and robbers set in, I guess, Miami or New York. I played it, but I think it was Miami. Um, uh, Battlefield game. And uh, then their next project they were working on um, was led by Amy Hennig. Now, as everybody knows, who's really into the video game scene, Amy Hennig is the director and writer of the Uncharted games. Um, everything except for the the majority of the last one, um, because she had already moved on to this new sort of project. So Visceral was working with her, and there's a whole story. Jason Schreier is killing it on Kotaku with these like reveals behind the scenes of what goes wrong in video games. He wrote a whole book about it called Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. He did a big thing on Andromeda and what the hell happened with that train wreck of a game and then he also um talked about sort of the 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 fall of this i guess it was was it was this the one that was nicknamed 1313 i'm trying to remember i honestly don't know i don't believe so 1313 was before ea basically got the exclusive rights to star wars games so i think this would have been along the same type of feel yeah so so the idea was they wanted an uncharted-esque star wars game but single player you know, focused. And they had Amy Hennig, so great. But they also wanted it to not feel too much like Uncharted, is what this article said. So that was a real tough balance. It's like, yeah, we want you over here because you made Uncharted and we want it to be like Uncharted, but not too much like Uncharted. And we won't want it to be like a typical Star Wars game, but we want it to have lots of Star Wars elements. It sounds like it was a balancing act from the beginning. Um, but they didn't have nearly enough resources, apparently. Um, and what has now happened years down the line is this game has been completely canceled and when i say that um they've pivoted um so it hasn't been announced yet at least as of this recording whether or not amy henning is still with the company or what's going on but visceral has been disbanded completely they've pivoted the game and so basically they're turning it into a games as a service jordan um because you know people are speculating and, and this led to like 50 different articles all over the internet the death of single player games and all games as a service and how it's really you know with with the new systems and especially the Xbox One X and the Pro and then the PC is is really doing well um 
you know, there's this this look at how expensive it is to make games with that kind of resolution and the kind of, you know, assets you need to make this kind of game and that you really can't afford to make a game that you sell once, people play it once, and then that's it. And and that's that's what people are sort of speculating happened here. And it may play a role, but the EA um, producer guy uh, has come out and said, I love single-player games. We're still going to produce single-player games. This was just about the fact that this game was just not cutting and it wasn't living up. Um and I, I mean, it's definitely an interesting, an interesting thing, and an interesting discussion to have. Sure. I mean, I would say the flip side is when you again we're talking about three big games that came out yesterday, all of which are you know exclusively single player, massively right. critically successful, and probably going to sell uh, pretty massively hits. So right, right, and that's good. But that is that's that's promising finally. But there have been years in recent memory when I've really felt like you know the holiday. I remember last season I felt like the holiday was really dominated by multiplayer, either focused or multiplayer only games. Battlefront One being a big big example of that, um, and uh, you know the Call of Duties. Now they have a single player component, but they're mainly multiplayer. There was a lot of multiplayer last year. Battlefield One. Well, I think there's always going to be. It's sure. a bigger market in a lot of ways. Right. Uh, well, it has longevity. Yeah, it has yeah. it has longevity. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, but, you know, it's... Uh, I don't know. I've noticed plenty of single player. A lot of it is my personal desire for more co-op games, which there's just an absolute dearth of compared yeah. to single player experiences. So that's I feel true. like it that seems puts like a lot of is... perspective. <laughs> yeah, co-op is kind of pivoted to the games as a service world. So if you want to play co-op, you kind of got to play these big open world experiences that also have co-op, as opposed to the couch co-op slash you know, two people get gathering and playing Resident Evil 5 online kind of co-op that, you know, we both love. I yeah. love those kind of games. They're the best. I mean, ever since I played Contra, I've been in love with that concept. Um, but the other thing that I think, this is why I think this would really get your interest, so check out the premise for that Star Wars game. You ready? It was going to be called Ragtag. And the idea is it takes place between Episode 4 and Episode 5. It involves the aftermath of Alderaan, and its destruction, which is always something that bothered me, is kind of like I, they made they re, they did point out like how huge a deal it was, but an entire planet being destroyed is incredibly cataclysmically horrible for so many people, and so this was going to show like some people that were hurt by that and have become basically space pirates, um, and so it would be like Han Solo, but like a little bit more on the bad guy side than the good guy, um, a little more Malcolm from uh, um, Firefly kind of vibe. Um, and it was going to be a cross between uncharted gameplay, like boots on the ground fighting on planets, and then in between that you would do uh, Assassin's Creed uh, 4 Black Flag-esque uh, pirate ship battle takeovers, except with they'd be in space with spaceships. Hmm. And that was going to be the premise of Ragtag. So you were a ragtag group of mercenaries basically doing the Han Solo thing, and it was going to be co-op. And it was going to be badass, and it sounds amazing. Um, apparently, it wasn't really coming together that well. Like they just didn't have the resources that they needed, and the focus wasn't there, and it just wasn't meeting its benchmarks. Which is, as, as anyone knows, the industry that that'll kill a game. Um, if you're not showing your publisher that that you're hitting your goals, um, that that's very very worrisome on games that cost millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Um, but th and there's all kinds of internal stuff that was going on. But does that sound sweet? conceptually sure but you know it might not have been good yeah yeah i mean obviously it probably wasn't wasn't coming together i don't know i just wish i could play that game there's there's concept art which i invite you jordan and anybody listening to check out is really cool look of this ragtag group some of them are aliens there's a droid and then there's like the main dude and he kind of looks like uh 
Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of what he kind of looks like. Uh, the dude who played um, the comedian in... Uh, Jeffrey uh, Dean Morgan? Yeah, he looks kind of like Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the main guy. Um, it looked cool, man. It looked cool. But anyway, I mean, my take on it is that I, you're, you make a good point. Um, there are a lot of single-player experiences, especially in the last couple of days, that make it really hard to say that single-player is dying. Um, although a it lot of games... It's been a that, good month, too. I mean, just generally, because Evil yeah. Within 2 also came out. Um, right, right. No, and I Shadow mean, of War. And Shadow of War. Yeah, but I, I, I agree that it's... I think it's just that's what the zeitgeist is, where it's big on multiplayer, big on these shared experiences. So, you know, the other types of games are still getting made. It's just they're not necessarily as immediate to grab the public eye. Right, right. Um, okay, well, what's your, uh, what's your first story? You got anything to talk about this week? Uh, well, this one was uh kind of big because it, it was a surprise that it was it took this long to become official okay uh, but the connect is dead <laughs> at my is it really dead they have announced they are no longer manufacturing the connect um wow. in any form and i mean again if you've looked at the update history recently of the one of how they've just gotten more and more away from those services and making it work and the fact that it was already kind of glitchy as you know, recently as a year ago, and all the features they took out. I mean, it's not a surprise, but yeah, the Connect, which, you know, was one of the things they were selling the one on originally, uh, is gone, more or less, outside of well, having one already. Is it still the truth that, like, on your main screen, there's, like, a little, like, microphone and it's crossed out? Is that still there, or did they finally get that out of there? I, you know, there was an update just last week, so I don't know if it's still there, but it was, so. Because to me, that suggests there is something that should be here, but it's missing. You know, as opposed to a microphone little icon that shows up when Connect is connected, this was one that was like a little cross saying, hey, a piece that you're supposed to have is not connected. That That's was, the vibe yeah, I always got from it. I mean, that it. was still there of recently, but again, they just updated, and I haven't actively looked at that in a long time, so. Well, because yours isn't crossed out. Uh, no, mine is. I haven't had my Connect. I didn't bring it with me when I moved because, again, it was so under-supported and it didn't work as properly, and so I just oh wow, you point. just dumped it. Well, I, there were weight limits with what I could, you know, move with on the plane, so I was trying to stay under that, and I was just like, you know what, I don't use this because it, you know, half the time it doesn't work because it's not that supported anymore. So uh, I tell you, we should have, we could have declared Connect dead when its biggest supporter, Jordan Alsega, dropped it. I, don't know, I, was, the, I, I was. I liked the. You were a big aspect. supporter, though. Yeah, yeah not yeah. of the of the the actual yeah. features of playing games with it. No, you could have had just literally a microphone, um, and it would have been everything that, that you needed out of Connect. I mean, talking through my headset gets it to work just fine. So. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then, 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 wow, Connect is unnecessary. I mean, we certainly weren't playing Connect experiences. Um, I don't even think you played D four with it, did you, or did you? I did not. Yeah, uh, I know Kelsey enjoyed it that way. Yes. Um, but that's uh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, the final nail in the in the Connect coffin. Um, I mean, I, I, one of the big signs was the Xbox One X doesn't have a port. I mean, uh, you can't even hook it up to that without buying, like, you know, peripherals that cost extra money, so... No, exactly. It, it just... I, I, it did cool things, but, you know, as soon as it became clear that the audience wasn't going to bother with it, this, as soon as they made a separate SKU where you could get it without the Kinect, it was pretty much, you know, the beginning of the end. 
Well, yeah, and, and and in many ways, you could argue that bundling the Connect in and costing a hundred dollars more than the PS4 was was a really, really bad decision um, in terms of getting the install base where it needed to be. Um, I have seen the conversation on the two systems turning around a little bit. I mean, anecdotally, where I'll see people talking about like which version of Assassin's Creed should I play, the Pro or the One X, and somebody's just like that One X is better in every single capacity. So if you're choosing, pick that. Um, so this so this whole like horsepower thing that every that you know a lot of pundits and critics were saying doesn't really matter, and I certainly am not that worried about. I know you're not worried about, um, but. I think that it is, you know, people do like power and at least knowing that they have the most powerful system. And I do see a lot of that online. I'm a little more online um, looking at message boards than ever before because of Destiny. Um, so I see a lot of people talking about that kind of stuff. And and so there are people that love the fact that they have whatever teraflops. Um, sure. You know, so I don't know. We'll um, see. Yeah, no, I don't know. It's the sort of thing where... Yeah, they're they're just they're. I I had a thought and I lost it. It was really it's okay. It'll come you were out. almost there, man. You were almost there. <laughs> you, I I felt it. You had like a couple connecting words and you were like right on the edge of it. Okay. Well, in the meantime, let me ask you this: Have you heard about this Planet of the Apes game that got leaked? I yeah, vaguely. I didn't. It's Planet of the Apes, so I didn't bother to look at it, but I did see about <laughs> it. Okay. I just saw a little blip about it. I don't really know anything about it. It just got leaked, and it looks like it's supposed to be pretty cool. So anyway. All right. Well, I have an interesting one. Um, this is um, video game related, um, and it is that Mass Effect Annihilation was just announced. And this is, wait for it, a novel. I, I um, saw that, yeah. Yeah. It is a novel that is – it continues but more expands the story of Andromeda. And so for people that were a little bit upset that that game didn't feel very conclusive and that it didn't feel as expanded out and also obviously that all the single-player DLC, whether it was ever planned, has been canceled. Um, so there will never be more in the Andromeda direct thing from a video game perspective. Um, but in um, peripheral uh, media – they're doing a book, and it seems like it might be pretty interesting. I don't know. I just think it's interesting that at least there's somewhere. You know, it's kind of like with Buffy, right? The show was eventually ended, but if you read, excuse me, were really into Buffy, you could read the comics. There was a place to go for more stories, and they were great. So I think that's cool that even if we don't see another Mass Effect game for a long time, that, that at least if you're really into that universe, you can still indulge that interest. Yeah, no, I mean, I think it's a, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of a lot of media tie-ins not usually for video games for whatever reason but when tv shows or movies uh, or comics podcasts whatever they jump to other media i find that fascinating i love to see what gets picked up and you know stuff like that and i love reading media tie-in comics if they are well done and even if they're a little uh cruddy at times it's sometimes <laughs> fun just to be in that world Right, right. Um, I know you liked, and I enjoyed the first of the two. I haven't read the second, the Victor Veronica Mars uh, novels. Yeah, those were uh, really entertaining. Out. It's 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 it can be done very very well. Um, so okay, cool. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, let's see. The uh, oh, uh, a game I'm lo still looking forward to. Metal Gear Survive got a release date, February twentieth of next year. Wow. Wow, and, and what have you heard about it recently? Anything, or is it still looking sweet, or? Nothing major. I mean, you know, Hideo Kojima has obviously said he's like, yeah, no, I had nothing to do with that, because people keep asking him for whatever reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but... it doesn't seem like a Hideo thing. I mean, it's wacky, but not in a Hideo way. No, uh, so, 
I, I got, you know, there's not a lot new on that, just that it is only a few months away, and it is that a game is, that I'm interested in. Yeah, that is, which is, which is, they're, they're fewer and further between these days, um, games, games that you seem to be interested in. Um, I think you're looking for something new in a lot of cases. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have been hoping for a little more originality. I mean, and I say that, but I'm excited for some of the games that just came out yesterday that are sequels. Um, I'm excited for Sonic Forces, which is only about two weeks away. We can is it really that soon? Yeah, it's, I think, the 7th. How's that looking? Is it shaping up at all? Have you seen any, like, buzz on it or, or footage? or what? What is it even? I mean, it's, it's a continuation of the Generation-style gameplay mechanics with classic and modern Sonic and then this Avatar character that has slightly different gameplay. Um, the biggest I've seen recently is they released a Switch demo in Japan that got panned because it... Um, it had a one-minute timer on it from when you started the level. What? So you could only play for a minute, and so people are kind of giving it crap over that. It's been hard to tell if people are, like, complaining about the gameplay or if they're complaining about just the, the one-minute timer issue. Is that um, part of the real game, or was that just because it was a demo? Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, so so when you go to, like, a Nintendo event at E3 or PAX, they'll have, like, a limit on how much you can play because they only want you to see a small vertical slice of the game. Is it that, or is it, like, it was a level in the game that is timed when you play the real game? No, no, no. It, it is a, a level from the game that they put a timer on artificially. Okay, got it, got it. Well, then that's totally that – mean, that, that means nothing then, really. Um. The, so again, the response to that has been negative, but I don't know how much of that is just frustration versus actual complaints about the, the gameplay. Um, it's a game I'm going to buy no matter what, so the reviews yeah. really can't be bad enough. Uh, and again, just the fact that it's returning to that gameplay style for the first time in six years makes me excited. That's a good point because, yeah, um, as much uh, heck as I gave you about once you finally got a Wii U not picking up um, the last Sonic game, whatever it was called. What Lost was that? World lost world at the same time it really isn't that that type of game yeah i mean that and sonic boom both were just uh well sonic lost world was an official continuation game but it, it just got so poorly reviewed and then sonic boom everyone agreed was kind of trash well and lost world was was like a, a, a mario um galaxy type like you're on these planetoids game that that definitely was a really different take on uh on, on that thing. It definitely wasn't Generations S. Yeah, and I still, like, honestly, if I really wanted to, I could still play it. It's on it's on PC. It has controller support. So, I mean, if I really wanted to play Sonic Lost World, I could. Okay, well, that's cool that it's on PC. I didn't know that. That's that's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, that's cool that um I, I didn't know uh, Sonic Forces was, was... is That's what it is, Sonic Forces? Sonic Forces, and it is... Uh, it's actually releasing at less than normal retail. It's coming out for $40. Good. That oh. could that could be promising. Is it wasn't Generation Sub Retail too? No. Well, if it was, it wasn't any less than fifty. But I, I think I th it was yeah, a sixty dollars game. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I thought I could have sworn it was fifty. But anyway, um, cool. Well, I'm glad it's doing Sub Retail. I think that's smart, uh, especially coming off Sonic Mania. That'll make it much more likely for a lot more people that loved Mania to grab it uh, and take a chance on it, and hopefully. Uh, it proves itself. Yeah, so that'll I mean, be interesting to talk about once that comes out in a couple weeks. I'm sure you'll jump right in, so we'll get some really current thoughts from you on that. Yeah, and just just for the fact of having, you know, seen... From what I've heard about it, it is about as long as Sonic Generations before it. So, I mean, I, I don't think it's like they use this as an excuse to make a shorter game. I think they've always struggled with the idea that Sonic games play fast if they are primarily focused on Sonic. So yeah. doing it for a lesser price is probably a good idea. 
Word. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, so speaking of uh, games that, <laughs> well, that, my segue was going to be that 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 didn't get the best uh, um, response from from players when they first came out. I guess that segue still works. Um, but but that were vindicated later on in life. Uh, Sun- Sunset Overdrive. Um, mm, yeah. So there is buzz now that it could get a sequel, um, and I guess it was really buzz is a, is a, is a little bit uh, exaggerated. What I should say is Tim Price, Ted Price, Tim Price, Ted, Ted Price, Price. Um, of Insomniac Games has said that if they had a publisher on board, they would love to do a sequel to Sunset Overdrive. Um, and uh, if you remember, that's probably well that and what was it Fuse? Was it Fuse or Haze? Fuse, Fuse. was the was the other one those are both games that they put out that re, that didn't do well I'm, i was about to make the the bold statement that sunset overdrive is the wor- is the like worst selling of their games but i think fuse did pretty freaking bad <laughs> so i don't know um, they're both them right i'm not mixing it up no i believe so yeah i think they're both so, yeah. but anyway sunset overdrive is a game that you and i both just like ripped to shreds when we first played it on that like two day like free play thing and then once it became games with gold and and we both dived into it or dove into it um you know longer form i think we both had a better impression of it especially no, it doesn't you make yeah a great first impression yeah it's a very different control scheme it takes a lot of getting used to it doesn't really explain it well right away and so. it, it's not it's not very apparent what's fun about it until you play it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole that whole idea of you're always moving and shooting, and that if you're not moving, basically you're not playing it right, um, is very different to get used to. It's much more of like a jet set, um, you know, always on the run kind of game. And you just have to realize that this is a new genre, um, and then appreciate it for what it is. And then it gets to be a lot more fun. That would be cool to see them like take it. And I think it would need a stronger story, in my opinion, um, if they were going to do it again. Uh, something with I don't know. It, it, going really goofy and over the top is totally fine, but you've got to have some balance of giving a shit. Um, and it was just so saccharine and so over the top and so like, broed out, the world's gone bro, that <laughs> it was just, I don't know, it was impossible to care about anything happening in that game. Mm-hmm. So that would have to be that would have to be a change that would, would need to be made, I think. But I don't know. You'd like, would you like to see a sequel to uh, Sunset? Sure. You know, I, I never finished the first one, but it would give me a reason. <laughs> well, no, the story, you're right. I mean, the story wasn't the most engaging. It was fun, yeah. and once I got tired of it, I just stopped playing. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's pretty accurate. Okay, cool. Um, and then the other one, only other one I had was, um, because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, everybody on the podcast knows I like Knack, um, the original Knack. And so Knack 2 came out now since we've talked. Wasn't that since we talked? Yes. And, uh... It actually got decent reviews. Um, people, it, it sold terribly, um, but people kind of like it, and I'm really excited to play it when I get a chance to. Um, it's uh, that and Mario are both games that, like, as soon as I get like a minute of brain cycles back to like start playing some platformery stuff, I'm going to dive right into. But I'm excited that that got good reviews because I really enjoyed the first one and a more refined version of that that's like less brutally punishing and weird. Oh man, I'm all in. <laughs> Uh, the only other thing I had was the fact that in getting a uh, Xbox Halo the Master Chief Collection for the first time in three years is getting an update uh, really? early next year for Xbox One X, you know, remastering more or less to make it look even prettier. Wow. Um, and so that will be getting, you know, kind of a, a fresh update 
potential new things added. They've been pretty mum on it so far, so who knows what might actually come out of it other than just graphical updates. Maybe nothing. But uh, they, they seem to be a little cagey on details, so who, who knows what exactly. I heard you uh, got your pre-order in for the One uh, X, speaking no. of that. God, no. <laughs> can you imagine, listeners and even Jordan, can you imagine you pre-ordering the X? What is it, $500? Six? What was it? Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's five bills. I think it's five bills. I think it's five bills. Honestly, the biggest thing um, keeping me from doing it... Uh, well, again, like with any system, I never upgrade. I have my first Xbox One. I had my first 360, uh, barring all the couple times it broke early on in the life cycle. Sure, sure. Um, the only system I upgraded for was the new Nintendo 3DS, and that is only because there was actually, you know, an exclusive, a couple exclusive things to it that I have still never played. So I don't know that yeah. there was a point to it. Well, it also is a pretty solid system, and you were it was a big jump. It was like going from the iPhone 1 to the iPhone 7, you know, by the time you did it. Yeah, because I still had launch 3DS. Um, yeah, which, you know, small screen and, and all that, which you were fine with, I think. But. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 3DS doesn't have that much longer of a lifespan ahead of it, probably. So. Yeah, although there's been some great releases lately. I actually picked up Superstar Saga, the, the reissue, which I can't wait to play, but it's sitting in my book bag right now. Yeah, um, and then, so. honestly, I don't know that there's anything... Short of, all I really want to do is I've been working to finish uh, Phoenix Wright, which I don't have a lot to say. I wasn't even going to include it in my games I've been playing, but I've been pushing through the cases and that. And then, you know, Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon comes out next month. And that is that, oh, I can't probably wait. Probably the last big 3DS game. Are we getting any um, sort of buzz or, or info on, like, because you remember when, when Sun and Moon came out? Was that, that was not last year, but the year before, right? Or was it last year? Last year. Yeah. Wow, that was, that was. Um, so I, the, um, just want to mention again, I finished the Pokedex. What? <laughs> um, anyway, the, the lead up to that, like every time we were had a podcast in the news section, there was some news on like some new announcement, like some new Alolan form or some new, like, oh, you can get like rock midday and night, nighttime forms. And there was just these little things that before I'd played a Pokemon game, I didn't really understand the significance. Now I get it a bit more, mm-hmm. but like, where's that news? Where's that at? Is I anything mean, it's, happening? It's a generation sequel. So there's not, there's not going to be a lot. I mean, the biggest things that have come out came out early. There's the... Uh, the mascots, which are like Necrozma kind of fused slash taking on the forms of the legendaries. Uh, there's new Ultra Beasts that are being introduced with this version. There's a new form okay. of Rock. Um, mm. And then, you know, there's a new team, uh, the Ultra Recon Squad, because this game is a lot more about the big thing. They haven't said what the changes to the regular map are going to be. The big thing in this game is actually exploring the wormholes uh, that, you know, featured in the story of the first game, so there's a whole team dedicated to that. Oh, that's cool. And a cool. lot of that, you know, who knows how that big that'll be, because it doesn't show up on the map, it's just a wormhole. Um, but do but... they, when mm-hmm. they do this story, because I've never played a, a direct sequel, and I know Black and White, Black and White 2 are different, but, like, when they do these, like, sort of, sort of sequel thing, weird things in the past, is it like, are they going to pretend the first one didn't exist, so is it going to be like... I, you, you show up on the island for the first time, you're like that kid, but you're not that kid, you're kind of a new kid, and then like, you know, they're like, hey, here's your first Pokemon ever, and it just starts fresh as if it's a brand new game, or not? Uh, it'll start fresh. Um, there are new protagonists, you know, the, those designs have been released. Uh, but if it's, I mean, in the past, with anything before Black and White, it was straight up just kind of the same story with some alterations, 
some changes to what Pokemon were available, and maybe an extra post-game. A lot of the times it would be a case of like, oh, um, for Ruby Sapphire, Ruby was about Team Magma, Sapphire was about Team Aqua, but... Uh, Emerald had both teams fighting and then introduced Rayquaza after the fact, so it added a little more story at the end. Black 2 and White 2 was a straight-up sequel to the first one with a new That's kid, awesome. slightly different map design, um, and it told a sequel story to that, but still the main journey of your character was getting all eight badges and fighting the other four. And was brand new, and it was a new dude. So it was only a sequel in that events on the island were unfolding that happened after the <laughs> events on the island that unfolded in the first one. Whereas this new one we're expecting will basically be like kind of the same timeline as the first game, just played over again with alterations. Uh, no, no. Well, well, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon will be like Black White 2. Yeah, it'll be a case of the events of the first game happened, all the stuff with the Ether Foundation happened, and you're just playing as a new kid that's going on his island adventure. So I mean, and I'm sure some of those changes, challenges, will oh, be altered a little. Oh, so it will be. Oh, so it will be uh, a storyline sequel in that way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, well, that's that's promising. I yeah, thought that they the were going to just re- reset the island and then just have the story play out differently. No, I mean you will be playing that same journey in the sense that you're a new kid going on your island challenge. Sure. So that but... part resets. But, you know, the idea of exploring the wormholes and the Ultra Recon Squad is the new team that is probably villainous in some way. That's all new, and that'll be a sequel to that first game. Well, I can't wait, because I had so much fun with Sun and Moon. Like, I, I think it was both of our games of the year last year. Uh, It was up there. I can't... I honestly don't remember. I, I think, think it was number one. Was. I think it was. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, it was mine for sure. Um, But, I mean, what a... What a... Man, what a great experience that was. So... Can't yep. wait to play more. I'm just thinking about it, it's like making my stomach feel like pleasant, you know, like just that giddiness you get, you know, mm-hmm. that was a weird way to put it. All right. Um, well, on that note, there's one other thing I want to talk about before we dive into the games we've been playing, and that is this crazy launch day that just happened yesterday and the games that were released and what our thoughts sort of are on those. So especially uh, there were four big things that happened on October 27th. Uh, three of them are gaming. One of them is TV. All of them are aimed exactly at like us. Um, the first of those is um, Assassin's Creed Origins. Um, this is a game that, for those who don't know, Assassin's Creed took a year off last year after Syndicate didn't sell super well um, to refresh the series. Uh, Syndicate actually, most people say, is, is, is one of the best games in the series ever. Yep. I know you thought that. Yep. Um, how, however, audiences were burned, burned hard. Um, and they just really needed to evolve the formula. So they took a year off. They went back to the begin- the drawing board, um, sort of. I mean, it's very similar still. But um, Origins has now um, was was announced, and it was going to be the story of how the Assassin's Creed, um, how the Assassins started in the first place. Same thing with the Templars. The very Origins going back to Egyptian uh, era. Um, and you play a guy named Bayek, and he has a bird, and it's that part's a little bit Far Cry Primalish, um, but. There's also like RPG mechanics for the first time, which is really really cool. Um, where you know you pick up weapons and they have different you know ratings like you know rare, legendary, common, um, things like that. Um, I, you know it's not as deep as a Destiny, perhaps reviews have said, but but it is still fun to pick up items. Um, and it's the biggest like world they've ever made. They kind of always say that, but I think this one's like really epic. There's lots of variety of what to do. Um, so it's it's like a real reimagining. It's much more beautiful than they've ever been, although that kind of always happens every every iteration. Um, but that launched. Um, so did another just massive release, which is Super Mario Odyssey. 
Um, for Switch owners, this is like the other coup de gras. Like there's Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild and there's Super Mario Odyssey. And I don't need to tell anybody listening to this podcast why that's significant. Super Mario Odyssey is like, you know, the team that makes Galaxy, um, the team that makes um, all those th- all the 3D Mario games finally made their next like mainline Mario game, non-2D side-scroller. Um, and you have a hat. It takes over enemies. You throw this hat. I think it's called Hattie or Cappy. Cappy. It has eyes. It looks kind of like Mario's face. You throw it at enemies, and you and you um, take over, take them over. And what's really interesting is that the, for the first time in the series, at least that I remember, you take over like real life things, like a real dinosaur that doesn't look animated. He looks like a real dinosaur, um, kind of like that juxtaposition of real and animated that you saw if you played Paper Splash or whatever it was called, Color Splash. Uh, and and that's about point oh 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 one percent of the world. Um, nobody played it, but if you know what it looked like. That was it was like that. And then this one has New Donk City in it, which is like the big weirdness. Um, it's very, very odd juxtaposition of Mario, who's supposedly a dude, but he's hanging out in a real world city where people are twice his height because they're like us. So it's like a, and then there's another scene where Mario is like at the beach swimming and stuff and you see his nipples. So he's a dude. Uh, and I only mentioned that because it was like a big controversy when that picture came out. They were like, oh, my God, Mario nipples confirmed. Um, I, I know, right? Is the internet ridiculous? Well, um, but, yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, it is kind of... It is weird to see for the first time, I guess. Um, but anyway, so that's a huge deal. Um, the third one um, is one that I know, Jordan, you're very excited about. Now, I want to hear your thoughts on that in a minute, but that's Wolfenstein 2. Um, that is like the... Uh, I keep using this word, but it's like the pinnacle or coup de gras of uh, single-player um, shooter-slash-adventure experiences. I mean, if you want to play like a linear game that just runs through a fantastic story it's supposed to be as good as you can get for that and then on the tv side stranger things 2 dropped the entire season of nine episodes this time um so it is just a massive launch day um and everybody sort of has to choose a side on if you're going to play any of these things what's it going to be um and i know you have some thoughts on that so uh, go ahead jordan what, what, what do you think about all this um uh, well Super Mario Odyssey is a game that, much like Breath of the Wild, I intend to look at as little as possible, uh, just because I don't have a Switch, so I'm not going to be playing that for a while. You think about a year from now, maybe? Mm-hmm. I don't know, I just got a PS4, so it, okay. know, that was a big purchase. Um, so I, I'm not, I, I try not to think too far out with that. It's not. It's still not a system, even with two major games like that, it's still not a system seller enough for me. Okay. Um, All right. And again, I'm still enjoying the 3DS, so at least for the future. Honestly, when I can sell that, and, you know, it's still selling for a decent amount, because I've considered it, but, you know, until then, I, I don't really see thinking that hard about a Switch. Yeah, that's true, because you got to finish uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon before you can even conceive of it. I got it. Yeah, now, theoretically, that'll be a pretty quick finish, because I will play it a lot, but we'll see. Okay. Um, Assassin's Creed Origins is one I, I definitely... Would like to play... I'm, I'm curious to see the changes. Again, I loved Syndicate, so the fact that this is going in a completely... Not completely new. I mean, it's still going to have a lot of the hallmarks of Assassin's Creed. But it's going to be very different. It's uh, The Egyptian period seems cool. Uh, I'm just not on fire for Assassin's Creed again yet. I mean, it's been two years. Uh, but I think I played a good bit of Syndicate just last year technically because i i waited to get around to it a good a little bit yeah um 
But, you know, once this game comes around and I, I end up picking it up, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But the biggest of those three is Wolfenstein. Right. Uh, but you just recently played Wolfenstein 1, right? Or yeah, at least I played finished it over, Wolfenstein 1. I played it about four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, no, it was great. It was a game I tried a little bit when it first became a free game with gold. Um, and it was a very long first chapter. Uh, yeah, the intro is real slow. Once you get past that, I heard it gets a lot better. Yeah, and I'd always heard good things about it, and Kotaku and, and other websites like Polygon were always posting articles about how good it was and how ambitious, and so finally playing it, I really enjoyed it, and the reviews for this one are even better, and just immediately yeah. praising of how much fun it is, how uh, challenging the story is, and how much it, it, it's willing to ask risky questions, even if it doesn't always quite stick the landing, it's very ambitious. Um, in what it's doing, so I'm I'm excited to try that out just because I loved Wolfenstein One. So, so apparently Wolfenstein One and and in this one even more, there's these set pieces and these experiences that you have. So you know, playing a single player shooter, it has to be a really good single player shooter to be interesting anymore because all of us have played so many of these, um, and so you really really have to like push it. Um, Titanfall 2 was the last one I remember being praised for really pushing it like that um, to the point where you're just having an amazing time basically cycling through seven or eight weapons and killing dudes uh, fundamentally. Um, and so you have to find other ways to make those games fascinating. And one of the ways Wolfenstein did it w- is with this really interesting roller coaster of really intense like hatred um, 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 inspiring moments of you know horrific um, uh, evil. And uh, and torture and, and and villainy on the side of the Nazis with a little bit of camp to it to make it gamey and fun, but also to make you just hate them to the point where your your quest to defeat them is is very entertaining. Also that the hero doesn't always win; he gets beat up, he gets torn down. It's not like one of those like you just destroy everything, um, Duke Nukem style, and and it just gets nuked to death and that's it. Um, and then also a mix of that and also funniness and and humor. And your name is B J Blaskowitz at the end of the day. Um, and so that's a really interesting thing, and they they just have their own formula, and it's crazy that it works, but it seems like it really does. Again, I've only played a bit of Wolfenstein, the original. I think basically the first game had moments like this, but I think the second one apparently has even more, where it's basically just back-to-back no, uh, no Russians missions type situations. Oh, wow. You know, the sort wow. of very bleak, dark moments in the campaign uh, that, yeah, are balanced by moments of humor, but never to the point. I mean, Wolfenstein is pretty serious, as ridiculous as it can be at times. Like it, it gets into how messed up the characters' lives have been and what all has happened. And you know, I don't think the sequel's gonna pull back on that. No, in fact, I think the throttle's going forward on on those on those issues. So you think that's something you'll pick up relatively uh, soon and jump into? I'm tempted. I I go back and forth again. It's like if there wasn't a game coming out just next week and then Pokemon, but I might end up getting it soon. I'm not sure. Is next week uh, Sonic? Yeah. Okay, got it. Cool. Um, so uh, for me, the the one of the of those that I picked, and I have a Switch, um, and I really considered Odyssey because it's so different from everything else. Um, but at the end of the day, I thought about what I feel like playing and what's going to actually rip me away from Destiny, um, and it was Assassin's Creed that got the nod. So I actually picked it up last night, and what happens? I get home, and everybody that I play Destiny with pulled me into Destiny. I get online, and the minute I got in there, I got an invite. I'm like, fuck, you know, and, and in a good way because I love my clan, um, but at the same time, it's just like I really want to play some Assassin's Creed. I really need to get away, and of course, I was up till four in the fucking morning, you know, because that's just how it is when you raid. 
Um, and then, of course, somebody got really angry at the end and, and stormed off because that's how it is when you don't finish the raid perfectly. Um, and so there's, it's just such a – the highs are so high and the lows can be so devastatingly low. Anyway, I'll talk more about Destiny in a minute. But, um, but anyway, I got Assassin's Creed. I haven't had a chance to pop it in yet. A couple quick thoughts on it though. I get to Best Buy last night at 8. Fucking Assassin's Creed Origins was sold out, Jordan. <laughs> sold out. When was the last time you went anywhere, anytime, and saw any Assassin's Creed without a thousand copies staring you in the face? That like your weight, it made it happen. It did, and now I even on and Destiny. And also an aggressive a, marketing campaign. Very aggressive, and there was a dude on Destiny saying, "I played it today, and I, I can't wait to get back to it." Um, and oh my god, I'm here for you guys in the clan, but man, I can't wait to get back to Origins. And he must have said it 17 times while we were playing. Um, so it's apparently really compelling and fun. Um, but anyway, I can't wait to get into it. I, I, you know, I didn't play Syndicate yet, and I was really, you know, I'm really bad about that whole like I got to finish the last one before I play the next one. But I think I'm gonna finally get over that and just say fuck it. I will go back to Syndicate. I know it's an awesome game, but for right now, I really want to play the new one. I really want that loot system and that RPG elements. And yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it hasn't mattered for years, so. Yeah, well, yes, but I also don't want to play – see, my worry is I don't want to play a game that's going to be spoil me on different mechanics that I'm going to go back and feel hamstrung. Um, and so I just – if this one evolves it to such an extent that like clambering is so much better and the way you jump just changes the paradigm and the way I see it, I'm sure that's probably not going to be the case. But if it is, I don't want to then go back to Syndicate and like it less because it's a less refined version of the core mechanics. I, I don't I, – well, if it helps, I'm pretty sure this version takes away the uh, like auto-scroller from Syndicate that would let you like auto-climb buildings pretty easily. So, Oh, so in a way it's it's a step backwards in some ways. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, then that's then that's good. That does help. I, either way, I'm, I'm going to jump into Origins. I feel like playing that one now, seeing what all the fuss is about, getting some legendary weapons, um, beating some, some dudes up, seeing that beautiful world, hanging out and finding the alligator. If you remember that first like leaked screenshot was like, find the alligator and kill him. Um, and I was like, who's the alligator and where is he? And man, I want to go get him. Um, so anyway, I'm ready to do that. Um, the other thing that's interesting to talk about is... Um, Stranger Things. Are are you? I I forget where you fell on this whole thing. I liked Stranger Things. I didn't. I wasn't like blown away, obsessed with it like a lot of people. But I enjoyed it. Yeah, I only kind of like it. Season. I like it. I like it. I, so now I finally watched the first four and a half, no, five episodes, and I'm three to go. Uh, I actually like it a lot. Uh, a lot of people say they loved it, like at the word go. For me, it took an episode and a half, two episodes to get into it. I didn't, I wasn't loving it until I got in further. But man, is Hopper amazing! He is so good. He's that a good actor, character. yeah, he's a great actor, man. I love him, and then he's going to be the new Hellboy, so that's exciting. Um, yeah, all right, I, I haven't started it, so I, yeah. it's just, um, I'll get to it probably pretty soon. But yeah, yeah I haven't watched it yet. Good Halloween fair, I would say. It's it's horror ish. Yeah, the biggest thing is just how, you know watching a horror movie a day takes up it takes up an hour and a half to two hours, and I don't have a whole lot of free time right now. Yeah, got it. Well, neither do I. Alrighty. Um, well, on that note, um, let's let's start talking about some of the games we've been playing, and I would like to hear about what you've been playing. I'm gonna get some Destiny talk in here somewhere edgewise, but I know you have a couple things that over the last month you've been playing. I'd love to hear about it. Sure. Uh, well, biggest thing is I did finish Metroid: Samus Returns. Okay. Um, and my, I mean, I don't have too much new to add. It was a great game. I had a lot of fun playing it. I, I loved the final bosses and the challenge of that. I liked going back through the world and and getting as many of the collectibles as possible. Actually, no, I think I found every collectible, so that was good. Oh wow! Um, okay. 
it was just overall a very fun game, and um, it had a neat, very Easter eggy post credit scene that you know was, nice. was a lot of fun. Uh, it was just overall exactly the game I had hoped it would be. It was a very, it was a great return to form for Two D Samus after you know a, an over a decade long absence. And, nice. Uh, I hope I hope it gets uh, a sequel or a follow up or just. Something I think it sold else. really well. Yeah, it sold really well. Uh, so hopefully it just gets more Metroid games made in the 2D style. Um, yeah. Are you? Yeah. I was about to say, are you pumped about Metroid Prime 4? But then again, I forgot because not only did you just say 2D Metroid, but then you also said Switch is a way out. So never also, mind. Also, Metroid 4, Prime 4 is a way out. <laughs> yeah, good point. Out. Could be multiple uh, years. You're right. The but that was a quick one. The other the other smaller one, you know, I'm still playing a lot of Overwatch. It's uh the Halloween event is going. It's ending in a few days. Uh, so Chase... so that's sort of your destiny, sort of, because yeah. it is all about collecting some stuff. I mean, because there is a thing called Bright Engrams in Destiny, um, where like every time you level up after you've already hit the level cap, you get like a Bright Engram, and it's basically a chest. Um, and you open it up, and it gives you, you know, um, exotic emotes and, and shaders and, you know, cosmetic items. Yeah, I mean, that's all Overwatch's stuff is. It's it's cosmetic stuff. Um, but, you know, Overwatch is fun. I, I play it mainly during the events at this point just because that's when it tends to introduce some kind of creative mode. This has Junkenstein's Revenge, which is the PvE event, the first one they did last year, now updated a little bit for this year. Wait, PvE? Um, yeah. What? Uh, well, yeah, they've done a few PvE events. Um, what is it? Uh, in this one, you are... It basically casts a bunch of the characters as, like, Victor... Or, like, Frankenstein-era protectors of the village gates, and Junkenstein is sending his robotic minions to, like, try to break through the gate, and so... It's basically, like, he so constantly... It, so zombies. Sends, yeah, he sends a constant wave of robots to try and blow up against the door... He'll occasionally send rip tires, and then he'll summon th- uh, a lot of the other c- playable characters in their Halloween costumes as, like, uh, the Reaper shows up and he'll attack, or the Summoner shows up and that's Symmetra, and she'll throw a shield generator down that, like, boosts all the minions up so that they're harder to kill. Um, Junkenstein shows up on the, 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 like, on a balcony and fires his blasts at you from there. Um, and so it's just themed that way. It has a certain selection of heroes you can use. So and, not uh, all? Not all of them, no. But uh, there's the regular mode, which uh, limits you to four of the characters, and then the endless mode, which offers eight different characters. Uh, and yeah, it's it's just a survival mode. Uh, it's very similar. The other one they did was the Uprising event in, I think it was like March, where you were like escorting through the... You were basically playing out the Omnic Uprising uh, event from the lore... And you were working through the city, uh, working through King's Row in London, and, and, you know, you were escorting a payload, but fighting robots while you did it. So what are you grinding for right now? Uh, just legendary skins. They, you know, they, the, the items in the Halloween loot boxes are only available at Halloween. So if you want them, you have to get them during Halloween. Well, what are they, though? Like, what are the ones that, like, I mean, because if there's not something that catches your eye, like right now I want the six-shooter emote. Like, is there something you have your eye on? Um, the biggest one is uh, Zenyatta has a Cthulhu skin that's really cool. Zarya has an 80 skin, which is like her in super 80 style clothing that I really like. And then the do only... they come out in pieces, or do you get the whole skin? If no, you, if you, you just get the, get the whole skin if you get a legendary item. But I mean, is it's that a very legendary. unlikely? It's about uh, the. I think the 
odds they said were like one in 14 boxes should have a legendary item in it. And you don't know which one it's going to be. And so there's how many how many Halloween exclusive legendaries are there? Like, are there hundreds or are there 20? You know, that's what I kind of mean. Well, it depends. Led- skin-wise, there's, I think, well, I want to say 24 or so. And again, this is between last year's skins. and Which are still year. in the mix. They're back. Yeah, but they now okay. cost. So the way it works is anything during an event costs three times what it would be to buy with points normally. <laughs> uh, and you okay. only get gold from loot boxes. So, I mean, theoretically, you'd rather just get what you want from the box than having to save up the go- the money. Right, um, but all of last year's skins just cost regular skin costs this year. Um, oh, so wait, there's a box and you pick. There's two you... boxes, so you can get like a this year's skin possibility no, 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 box. No. no, you get just it is Halloween items. You're guaranteed a Halloween item in every box, but it could be an icon, it could be an emote, it could be a highlight intro, it could be a voice line. It, it just depends. No, but, but how do you decide how much you spend? Is it like a betting system? Like what? No, what do you no, no, mean no. they cost more? Gold is something you can get in loot boxes, in Overwatch, in either common, rare, epic, or legendary amounts. So you could get, you know, legendary is 500 gold. Um, oh, and then you not. can, oh, so you can buy the skins, With or you can get gold. money. Okay, got it. I didn't realize that there was, I thought it was all just loot boxes, and all you did was buy loot boxes for a chance. But there's also a way to buy them a la carte if you want. If if you get enough again from the loot boxes, uh, so you, you can't can buy gold just straight up. No, you you can only buy loot boxes with real money if you yeah. want to. Got it. And um, then and then hopefully get gold and then buy them. But it's much better to just buy loot boxes and and hopefully get what you want. Yeah. So I am, I'm actually very just shy. It's three thousand gold to buy one of the legendary skins. I'm at like twenty eight hundred. So theoretically, I I might get to three thousand and be able to buy one, or I might just wait till the next event so I can guarantee one of those skins. I got a lot of the ones I really liked for this event. Um, I oh yeah. Got, uh, now I'm gonna blank. I got I got Anna's um, ghoul skin. I got Reinhardt's cold heart skin. Um, I got Skull Yada, which was in Yada's Halloween costume last year. I got Reaper's Dracula costume. So, I mean, oh. I got a lot of the ones I like. Uh, but, yeah, the one I liked the most was Zarya's 80s costume. So, if I can get that, really, there's the the timer, the, the weekly box count is going to reset on Monday night. Which will give me another chance to earn three more boxes from getting victories in arcade mode. Right. And so, usually when I do that, with between... The amount of times it takes me to get all three and then leveling up, I usually get four to five boxes, and that'll probably be the last big push. Nice, nice. And then, and if you don't get the eighty skin, maybe you'll have three thousand and you'll just buy it. Maybe, but if not, okay. you know, it's not a big deal because Zarya is. I like that cost, that out that skin the most, but I don't play a lot of Zarya, so. Okay, got it, got it. Interesting, interesting. Okay, well that's very similar then, um, to to you know a, a big portion of the. You know the what you would call um, fashiony or fastiny or anyway, because <laughs> so so Warframe is something that I've looked into a little bit um, because I love Destiny so much and Warframe when it first came out was bare bones and pretty busted, but over time and you, you know if you remember Dark Sector was a game I really enjoyed. Did you ever play Dark Sector? Is that the one with the glaive? Yes, I did play it. Okay, well that game was fun. Um, and so that is actually the company, Digital Extremes, that made 
um, Warframe. And that's like what they do now. And it's a free to play, which is very grind heavy, but apparently it's really, really fun. And when it first came out, much like Destiny 1, um, it was very sparse and it was just growing and it was really small. But now, apparently, it's grown for years and years and it's just stellar. So I really am going to dive into that at some point. But anyway, it's gotten so cosmetic heavy that people talk about the real end game of it is fashion frame. Um, and, and, you know, and I've seen some of like the really sick, they call them prime frames. And when you see these prime frames, which you can only get like certain ways, and then they're like tricked out with like really sick skins and shaders and whatever, I don't play it. So I don't really know, but I mean, there's some really beautiful stuff. You, you can look awesome. The one hang up I have with Warframe is the idea of it is that, cause I was looking into the lore a bit cause I want to like see if I can even like somehow penetrate it. Cause it always bothered me. You're these like frames. So you're not a character, you're a frame. And so it's like, you you don't have a soul. You're supposedly like. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a matrix thing where like you're this group of people these 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 beings that like live in like a matrix type like in, enclosure of some sort and you control your frames remotely. So to me it's like when your frame walks up and like gets an item to eat it's like your frame is not eating that doesn't make any sense or like it walks up to a person and talks or or or, or gets involved it's like that's a frame that's not a dude and so that's like bothering me maybe that's just my own hang up because like I guess at the end of the day you are controlling this frame but I don't know I I'd have to play it and see if it if I can get past that but it's like a little weird that you're just basically like this mech frame with nothing in it I don't know but I do want to try that game out cuz this thing um fields of haskin or something like that um is like the new expansion and it's supposed to be like phenomenal and it's getting you know really great reviews and another thing it's really interesting about warframe there are these two missions and i forget what they're called but it's like the i am being or something like that something like really existential or something and like everyone talks about it like dude after you play 45 hours of warframe you get this one mission right and it's called like the the re, uh, I am rebirth or something like that. And oh my God, it'll blow your fucking mind. And then there's this guy on YouTube, which is guys and it changes the whole way you look at the entire universe of Warframe. And then there's this dude online who's got a video and it's like 10 minutes just, just singing the praises and filleting this, this uh, mission. And he's like, what I think is, is British. He's like, what I think is so amazing is that the developers of Warframe have spent all this time and they have the balls, the sheer audacity to hide this brilliant of a mission behind 45 hours of gameplay most developers would want to show you their best content right up front but warframe trusts its player base i mean it's just like so hardcore um and so like people that are into warframe are really fucking into warframe and these are some of the reasons why i thought that was interesting Hmm. (laughs) sorry for the terrible british accent listeners no, it's fine. No, I you know, Warframe is a game I always see credits on sale for. That's about my yeah. to my knowledge for it. For sure. For sure. Anyway, what else you got? Um Oh, uh, let's see. What what uh I guess the biggest for Halloween is I've been playing The Evil Within. Have you finished it? Uh not yet. Really? Okay. All right, cuz Evil Within 2 came out. It did. Um, yeah, that's what I've been working towards. So let's hear about Evil Within. So what is this game? I realize it's Shinji Mikami. I realize it's the Resident Evil guy. I realize I played a little bit of it, um, and I remember the combat um, was very uh, like a little. The part I played was a lot of stealth and sneaking up on dudes and hitting them. Yeah. So tell me about it. What is it about, and what's what's the deal? Uh, it's basically it's about a cop who is 
he and his little team, they're driving. They get called to the scene of this incident at, I think it's a museum. And when he heads in, people have been murdered. He goes to this security camera, sees this mysterious figure that looks at him through the camera. He gets knocked out, and then suddenly he's in this warped sort of mental hospital. Um, oh, that's what it is. It's a mental hospital, not a museum. And he's, okay. he's there. It's kind of all twisted, sort of like, you know, the dark side uh, from Silent Hill. And he starts wandering through. He goes through. It like it's 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 hard to explain because he'll warp from the hospital to like a village, back to the, to through the halls of the hospital, then into like a castle setting. So he's like bouncing all over the place, but he's sort of just exploring, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, you know, the main villain has this ability to warp around and is just kind of torturing him with all these nightmarish creatures. So a lot of the game is stealth. It's about uh, you know, setting traps as opposed to direct combat. In theory, I found it to be pretty much... It is a survival horror game, but so far it's given just enough ammo that you can also fight somewhat regularly. Okay, because I like fighting, especially in Resident Evil. Yeah, I mean, the, the melee is pretty bad, but when you kill something, more times than not, they're going to drop something, usually ammo. Yeah, uh, and then you find a lot of it in the world. It's very good when it no, when you're you know when you're about to go into a boss fight because it'll usually load you up. Um, the biggest thing health is usually the bigger issue where you're going to be bleeding out a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the whole, it feels like Resident Evil Four again. Not not a surprise. Um, but it's it's definitely not as actiony as it or um, Shadows of the Damned. It's much more about the survival, about one v one opponent fighting as opposed to taking on a huge mob. In fact, it basically treats the one time you do fight a huge mob of them as a boss fight, uh, where you're just trying to survive. Huh. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of exploring environments and trying not to trip puzzles or trip traps, solving things kind of like a little bit of puzzle solving. Um, and environmental exploration, and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's not the most investing story, but it's a fun survival horror game. Is it really not? Because it seems like that second, it seems like the video, like the, the buzz, well, not the buzz, the, the promotional campaign is all about, like, I will find my daughter at all costs. Like, it seems a lot more grounded. I mean, you're still in a crazy, psychotic world, but it seems like that one has, like, a, a more of emotional stakes. I, I believe stakes. so. Again, I just haven't played that one. and, and No, I, I know, but what I mean is, does this one not have that, like, tie to the real world as well? Is it very, like... No, it does. There's a lot of meeting back up with your other teammates throughout the campaign and some of the other people that were in the hospital, and you learn about what it is, and there's, like, a green gel that you can use to upgrade yourself. Oh, I love that. That chair is so creepy. Yeah, that gets explained in the story as well as exactly what that is. That sounds Um, good. I'm about two-thirds of the way through it. I'm on chapter 10 of 15, so... Wow. Uh, but I'm really enjoying it. I, I've just I found it to be a creepy fun time to play uh, a little bit at a time every co- every day or so. And you know I try to go through like a chapter a day. So when I do play, I, I play it for a good bit. Some of the chapters are shorter than others. Some some of the bosses are a little frustrating. Uh, again, because when you're when you're put into full combat mode, it does feel a little shaky. Got it. Um, Got but it. the more upgrades you get, the more competent you become. Which is right. a game like that, right? Uh, awesome. But, but I'm really enjoying it. You know, I bought it because it was only twenty bucks now digitally, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And also, not to mention, um, yeah, Evil Within too, and yeah, I mean, it, those are games that I I have, I have every intention of playing at some point. I, I think I own Evil Within two, Evil Within one now. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I've bought it in the past and traded it in cause I just wasn't getting around to it at one point. Um, but it is definitely something that I want to play. I love those type of games. Um, again, I felt like the combat was very, I felt like I was playing a lot like uh, last of us at, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, it felt that way to me, um, a little bit more substantial in terms of like the guys felt chunkier and the world's felt, I don't know, more filled in last of us, a little sparse feeling. Um, but that's just a, an aesthetics thing. Gameplay wise, it felt pretty similar, but, um, I really enjoyed uh, what I played of it. I definitely want to play more. Um, but, uh, I, I don't like that you said the story is not that engaging. It's not, I, I wouldn't say it's not engaging. It's just not hugely innovative or, um, mind-blowing as of yet maybe maybe something will come out in the ending but so far it's just been like eh, it's all right okay all right cool and, and and there have been some kind of interesting reveals of like like you said the green goo and what's really going on and that kind of stuff yeah okay all right well i'll take it i'll take it um so let me tell you about some destiny where did i leave off uh what <laughs> a month ago when we talked last, a month ago yeah yeah so the game had come out about three weeks before we last talked i guess for two weeks you'd mainly been discussing how you'd found clans they were very inviting um and i think you were working through working up to the raid yeah i think i think that sounds right um so an interesting thing happened with destiny and anybody who's listening um to like kind of what's going on in the destiny world or has heard kind of the buzz um destiny has been getting a lot of flack there are some people saying that it's lost 80 percent of its player base recently um there's some graphs to show that i mean to some extent that's just how it is when like everybody is on at launch day and so what they're talking about are concurrent players and so of course everybody's going to be on but at the first day when it launches but then over time it's going to spread out so there may be just as many players or, or maybe half as many players um but but they're spread out, you know, so that's not as dramatic as people are saying. But the deal with Destiny uh, 2 is they have, and people have finally now realized, made a much more casual experience. Um, it is not as RPG heavy. Um, it is not as um, difficult as it used to be. Um, they really wanted to make a game where anybody could play it and not feel like there was loot and abilities and power that they could not grasp. So I'll give you an example. Um, the raid. The raid is the end game PVB. Well, actually, let me start with the. Yeah, I'll start with the raid. The raid is the end game PVE activity. Um, there's nightfalls also in prestige nightfalls, but basically, and they're and they're hard. But the raid is really the pinnacle. It's it, you know it takes anywhere from two hours to fourteen hours to get through it, depending on how experienced you are. Um, you need six players to do it. Everybody has to have a role and know what they're doing. You can maybe carry one person, maybe two, if you're an absolute beast team but generally speaking you need um a good a good group um and it's really fun and and amazing and the and the leviathan raid the raid in this one is this just amazing thing so it's this ship jordan it looks like a big like it's a planet swallowing ship so it's like this big whale looking thing kind of like monstro from kingdom hearts but like times a million you know huge it swallows planets and it's called the leviathan it rolls through space and on top of it, the guy who runs Leviathan, his name is Callus, and uh, it's a name that lies in infamy in this game because it's the hardest combat encounter in the game pretty much is fighting this motherfucker. Um, but anyway, uh, in his throne room, you knock his wine glass out of his hand and then fuck him up. But um, Or you hope to fuck him up. He more fucks you up. But anyway, um, on the top of the Leviathan, kind of like a fin or a gill, is this gilded golden city. And it's just sitting there and like – 
you 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 launch, land into it and it's like a gorgeous palace of like lavishness created by Callus and he's like the ultimate indulgent um cr- creature he's kind of slug like and sits there with his wine glass and you know his little uh, minions get him stuff and it's just it's gorgeous it looks like this beautiful lavish palace and there so there's the raid which is there's four encounters there's gauntlet there's baths there's there's um uh, the pleasure gardens and then there's defeating Callus at the end um, in Callus's lair. And each of the four is like a different section of the Leviathan um, palace. And so there's this middle room called the Castellum where you have to – each time you have to kill everybody in there. There's a big like thing you have to do. And then you get to go to one of the three wings and do those three things and then finally get to go to the final room and take on Callus. But what's fascinating is that all the raids have been like that where there have been – you know, in order you do things in and then you just move through the raid and get to the end. But this one is set up such that like they're off in different rooms. So you always go back to the middle of the palace and then go to the next room. So it's very like unified structure. And then what's really cool is every week which rooms you have to go to in which order changes. And there's this amazing underbelly. So underneath all of it, there's like chambers and paths and fans and 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 fiery like pits and just the whole inner workings of it have been added in. So below everything, the whole like architecture of it is has been built. So instead of having to go through that middle area and fighting through that battle every time, sometimes you can avoid it and go through the underbelly through this maze and collect chests. I mean, it's just it's vast and the amount of work that Bungie put into this, this is why I say like giving this game a 10 or an eight is just silly it's just so much bigger than that it's so much work it's it, it's amazing but anyway um that's really fun and playing it is really fun and i finally finished it a couple weeks ago uh, uh shout out to my clan uh cloud niner at least um they are awesome um we have uh, uh i mean we really we really have a good time uh, sometimes it gets frustrating but generally speaking we have a, a great time um and they've been awesome taking me through it and teaching me stuff because for the most part everyone's better than i am I'm, I'm okay um but these people are they play every day and they're amazing um so the regular raid once you get it you can pretty much do it um you can go through it pretty much every time as long as your team's pretty good you may wipe one or two times on each encounter but eventually you'll get through them except for callus Callus's throne room is really tough, and there's two parts. There's a dark world and an inside world, and like in the inside, in, in the main world, the throne room, you have to like punch these things. There's four different icons, and you have to punch the correct one. But the only way you know which to punch is the people that are in the dark room are communicating over headsets, telling you which one to, not to punch, and then you punch anyway. It, it's really complex and coordinating and, and fun, but. Um, and once you get it though, you can, you kind of get it on five tries and that's fine. So I've done the raid about three times now or four times and really enjoyed it. Got some great loot, really enjoyed myself. But what starts to happen once you've done the raid and once you've gotten nightfalls down and once your three characters are at three Oh five, which can happen after about 40 or 50 hours of gameplay, which is still a lot, but this is, but this is an MMO. This is a, this is a massive online game, and people want to keep playing. We've established a clan. We have 50 members. Every day, people are on there wanting to do stuff. And if you're 305 on everybody, like I am, like Lone Wolf is, like Melissa is, like Raz is, um, there's nothing to – there's not really anything to grind for anymore. And so the thing people are really pissed about is every time a raid comes out, there's also a hard mode raid. And so the raid drops raid gear, special weapons that are awesome. But even the, this year's time, even the weapons that you get in the raid, because it's such a hard piece of content, mm-hmm. they're good, but they're not dramatically better than weapons you can get elsewhere. And then, um, and so it used to be that in the regular raid, you would get, 
you know, some weapons and some armor, but then part of the gear you would want would only drop from the hard mode raid, which was really hard. And so it, it made it so that only certain players would ever get the best loot, and it would have special abilities and perks, and so people were just excluded who couldn't play hard mode. They just couldn't ever get that stuff. Well, Destiny has made a fundamental decision this time. We are not under going to make any loot inaccessible. And if it's hard to get, it's not going to be so good that it blows anybody away. So they made these decisions and like the hardcore players that really drive Destiny forward and get the less hardcores excited about it are losing steam in a pretty big way. Um, not to mention PvP. Um, the competitive side is a lot more um, uh, team shooter based. So like you have to have three guys together shooting dudes. You've played a lot of competitive shooters, haven't you, Jordan? A good bit. So in this game, you can't really have those moments of glory where you go around and, like, kill five dudes one after another and feel like a badass. Because generally speaking, the time to kill is higher. So you really have to roam in a pack, communicate, and, like, have two dudes shooting, you know, dudes. So it just doesn't have as many opportunities for you to, like, have amazing moments. So a lot of people aren't super happy about that. Um, but anyway, so this is Emerged. Now, D Bungie kind of knows about it, and they're working on it. I mean, the truth is, the game is so phenomenal that to, to complain about this is whatever. It's just that when it's so good, you want it to be perfect. You know, you want it to be even better. And so the fact that everybody's kind of running out of steam on the content, I mean, it happens. This game has ten times more than the original Destiny Vanilla had. But it's also a problem that arises when you make Destiny 2 instead of just making Destiny 1 longer, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's why World of Warcraft never had World of Warcraft 2. It was always an expansion on the core game so that there would still be the old content to run. And at a certain point, you'd have such a large library of content that that's awesome. But Destiny 2, it just cuts off everything that came before. And I get why they did it because they made a lot of mistakes, but – at the same time, there's very there's only so much stuff they can make for a brand new game. And in three years from now, it's going to be amazing and epic, but that's three years from now. And so a lot of people are having that issue. And the other thing with this whole casual thing is that the Prestige Mode raid dropped two weeks ago. So this is the latest thing that's going on. A Prestige Mode raid, Jordan, is fucking insane. It is so hard that last night somebody on our team, and I mentioned this a little earlier, like left and like I was like, good game. And they were like, uh, 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 don't even. They were like, don't even say that. And they just like left. And, and this is a friend of mine. I, I hope I hope everything's fine. But like that's how angry you can get because it's that frustrating. Um, and 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 I mean, it's intense. It's it's the kind of thing that you would only do it if there's an amazing reward to do it. And that's what Bungie didn't do this time. So like I said, previously hard mode raid, you would get like the Fate Bringer or the or the um, Vex Mythoclast or special armor pieces. You could only get the full set if you did hard mode and regular mode. Not in Destiny 2. In Destiny 2, prestige mode gives you this. An emblem, an aura. Emblem is just like what your name is posted in front of. An aura which like lights up your head for the week where you completed the prestige. And armor that is the exact same armor you get from the regular raid, but with, like, pulsating purple on it. And that's it. And it looks awesome, but only armor, and it's completely cosmetic. Absolutely, positively, no perks, no advantages, nothing extra and special that, like, makes it worth really running it. So people run it just because they want more stuff to do, but generally speaking, everybody's so mad that the rewards aren't coming out of the raid. Well, this week... Destiny uh, Bungie on there this week at Bungie announced that they're going to start um, 
you know, fixing some things. And they had a list of eight or ten things that need to be fixed about all the different systems that aren't working out perfectly. Um, so they know a lot of these problems exist. But that's kind of a state of where Destiny is at right now. Overall, though, I'm having an amazing time. I mean, I've never, I've never had a gaming experience like this. People that played WoW have, you know, because they go, they've, they've had these kind of experiences. Hell, they've had 18 man raids and 30 man raids where it's this, but like, you know, exponentially more difficult and more coordinated and amazing. But for me, this is my first experience doing this stuff, and I just, I just can't get enough of it. And the friends you meet and the experiences you have. Um, it's it's really it's really interesting, um, but what do you think about all that? This this idea of like doing it just to do it, and like the rewards aren't really there. Do you think? I don't know. Everything I said. What what do you kind of what do you take away? I don't know. I think. I destiny. I don't know. I I kind of agree with this notion that they should have. You know, it's tough because if you're an MMO, you're going to just have to find a way to get people to want to try it again. Whereas you can theoretically get that fresh start with Destiny Two. Mm-hmm. But the fact that all of that content is just gone that you can't access, I, I, it would have been nice if they found a way to bring it forward in some fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, but because yeah, it was supposed to be a game that grew over ten years. Whatever they say now about what they meant, <laughs> right? Exactly. They have totally changed. You're so right. There's been like you know, Pivot was defined by Destiny uh, PR. So, I mean, you know, it's clear that this isn't what they originally planned. I I think it's a problem where they're just not the greatest at regularly updating and adding new content, it sounds like. Yeah. I mean, I haven't played, and obviously I didn't get so far because there just is so much of it, but, you know, I see updates for Final Fantasy XIV every few weeks, it feels like, or at least every month where they're talking about here's a major patch, or here's just a few new things, or here they're continuing the story with more missions, and so... It feels like that's what Destiny 2 should be doing, but it sounds like they've either underestimated how ravenous the fan base was going to be, which seems crazy after a three-year period of I know, but yet they still admit that. They still say, yes, we are still – I mean Luke Smith is out there saying we're shocked at how into it players are and that so many players are at endgame. And like I don't understand how they could be shocked. You you you, You nailed it, man. That's exactly right. So it just seems like they're dropping the ball um, again somehow. Again, yeah. I now again, I think they're getting by on just the fact that it is a deeply compulsively playable game. I mean, even though right. I didn't stick with Destiny, I will admit it was a damn fine shooter. Right. Um, it was fun to play. It's just if there's not stuff to do, if you're all maxed out, yeah, it's it's hard to find a justification, and that's when they're going to ho- theoretically start losing players. So whatever they have planned, have, I mean, do they have any announcement of what's coming? Yeah, so there, so in, like, late November, early December is the first expansion, which is, you know, another 15 or $20, and um, it's going to, but they don't tell us what it's going to be yet. They have announced seasons, which is this idea that, um, you know, every season your clan has to level back up. We're, we're level six and like, we'll start back at zero. We'll get a, like that, those levels will like turn into a flag that we can display. And then like, it'll be the next season. So that's going to help is this, the, you know, they have this thing called the live team, which like works on what the way they put it is, um, the, this is the live team are the people. Uh, so, so we made the game destiny. The live people are the ones who are going to evolve the game destiny. That's what they kind of say. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's important because there's sandbox changes, AKA the men. Meta, you know, figuring out which weapons are more powerful and which ones aren't, um, and then figuring out how to tweak that. So, like right now, it's a 
um, scout rifle and assault rifle, meta, um, and then for close range, um, uh, certain sidearms are super powerful. Um, and then, you know, for heavy uh, weapons, uh, which used to be power weapons, um, it's all about rocket launchers, sniper weapons, snipers suck, for example, right now. Um, and so it's it's interesting they always have to balance that stuff out and that's good for pvp and, and for pve it's whatever because you know all the weapons are pretty good in pve but um they've announced i mean yeah the next one that's coming is called the curse of osiris and it's like going to be december probably and then after that will probably be one in march but who knows if they're going to have another raid in december they probably couldn't i mean unless they really nailed it on development but these that raid is so lavish and huge and they kind of blew their i hate that expression they kind of blew their load with the raid because it it's so big and so epic and you get all of the rewards they designed this incredible loot table but they gave all of it to you running through the normal raid so then when they put out prestige mode and then next week challenge mode is coming out where there's like little like twists on each encounter you do and you get a guaranteed raid drop but almost everybody i know that plays the game has every raid drop already so it's kind of like they they just they 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 spent all of their content already and it's like you should have like really milked that raid for a lot more like people would be all about it if there was just one weapon that dropped by beating prestige and it had like a 10 percent drop rate i mean as shitty as that may sound people sort of want that in a way which is weird playing. yeah they want something and really the game just doesn't have anything at past a certain point once you're over level it needs a log book or something that just there... says I mean, I don't even are there trophies to chase? <laughs> not no, I mean, obviously there's there's the normal like trophies like there are achievements, but I mean, not really. Um and that's the thing, like by year 4 or year 3 and a half for Destiny 1, there was this thing called uh Moments of Triumph and like uh, Age of Triumph, and it was like this logbook and as you filled it out, you got emblems and like cosmetic items and cool armor upgrades and little like bonuses to your armor, but all that stuff stuff got stripped out for Destiny 2 at least in the beginning. I guess so it can evolve back up to that. But it seems like all that depth has been stripped out of the game, and people are pretty upset about it. Um, now, the big news about Destiny is PC dropped this week. Um, so that's huge because, as you know, just look at games like PUBG and um, Dead by Daylight and a thousand other games. I mean, P- uh, shooters – oh, oh, Overwatch? What am I, what am I talking about, right? <laughs> um, these games have such legs on PC, and it, you know now finally Destiny's on PC. But the interesting thing is, it's very different. The, it's the same content and supposedly the same weapon sandbox, but the field of view went from seventy to one hundred and five. So you get about thirty percent more like peripheral vision, quote unquote, on each side of your screen. You also get supposedly that in the pc version because of the way that the mouse and keyboard plays it's a hand cannon meta so the hand cannons feel great on pc but on um, console they don't feel good and so it's like bungie says that the, the sandbox is the same across both but players are starting to say and it could just be that it's new and fresh but i don't think so i really think players are like this the hardcore is that you listen to the podcasts you know the 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 dados and the and the and the tefty tefts and the um, Cami cakes and the you know all the all these dudes that the uh, Rick Cacuses of the world that are really hardcore about this shit. They're talking about how amazing it feels, um, Holtzman, that it feels to play on PC and just the the just the 
the PvP feels so much better, the weapons are so much more fun and crisp, and they basically just say the PvP on PC is what it's supposed to feel like, and that, that basically playing it on console PvP just isn't worth it. So that's like the new evolution of the Destiny conversation. And the other big controversy this week was that um, uh, supposedly people were getting auto-banned for PC, so like they were, if you use any kind of overlay that like tracks your frames per second, that it, it marks you as a cheater and bans you from the game. Well, that started getting around like wildfire online, that they were just banning people for no reason destiny uh, bungie finally came out and they were like no these were manual bans for actual cheaters and they were like but we've overturned the ones that weren't really cheating and there were only four <laughs> so 396 of those bans were legit and have been validated so it was just this big buzz and i saw some of the hate online people were like hey guys maybe these people really were cheating and someone's like stop sucking bungie's dick and look at the proof you know and it's like oh my god it it, it, it gets toxic fast um, so I don't know. I don't know how much experience you have with community boards and online and like how toxic things can get, but uh, man. Yeah, I used to, I did. I haven't really been a board person since I think seventh or eighth grade. So oh, okay. yeah, I remember. Shit gets salty. Yes. Salty is not even the word. Um, but I mean, people just get so personal so fast and it's like, dude, this guy was just suggesting maybe people do actually cheat sometimes. Um, yeah. but, um, but anyway, so that's the news in, in the world of Bungie, uh, um, and uh, hopefully that, that got you updated on, on what's going on. No, it's Destiny always interesting too. to hear about. Um, you know, I still, I, I'm still back and forth on actually playing it. You know, Black Friday's coming up. Maybe it'll have a sale. Well, if you play it, you have to go to PS4 because I know you guys generally do um, Xbox, but dude, you can share games on PS4 also, right? Yeah. And so if you get this game for PS4, I can bring you into our clan and we and introduce you to a couple people. It won't be weird. And, dude, you will love it. It is it is so fun and everybody's already established. And just with the couple of us that we already know, like you, me, and Kelsey, we could fire team around and it would be really fun. So when Black Friday comes, if you do see it, uh, just remember, man, it is a lot of fun. And if you're looking for a co-op experience, like you can play the whole campaign co-op. You can do all the strikes co-op. Um, and then you have people to do the raid with, you know? So yeah. it's, it's fun. It's fun. Hopefully back and forth will become forth at one point and you'll jump in. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hopefully I'm hoping you got something, uh, uh, palate cleanser after that for us. Uh, yeah, I've got one more game. Uh, good. So after playing the five hour demo, I did pick up ghost recon wildlands. Awesome. All right. Um, and you know, it's, it's a really fun game. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't know. It's, um, you know, it it's very standard. It's like it's about as Ubisoft as you can get in a lot of ways. Yeah. I've um, played a bit of it. Although, you know, I mean there's a lot that's not there even. I mean there's no map filling. There there are collectibles. You don't have to climb any radio towers or uh, you know, historical landmarks to to fill mm -hmm. in your map. Uh, you just go places and things will get filled in. There's a lot of recon places where you can, you know, learn where collectibles are, learn where documents are learn where there are uh, rebel missions that can further upgrade your rebel stuff and you know you're right. always leveling up everything you do in the game builds towards leveling which lets you unlock new perks for your drone or for your binoculars for how much damage you can take for how your squad members react um in different situations but you know at its core it is a re it's it's a ghost recon game so there is a squad mechanic um but i gotta be honest i can tell you nothing about the single player experience i haven't played it at all in single player so I know there are three squad mates, and that the, I've bought upgrades for them, but I don't, you know, I can't speak to it. 
Uh, well, yeah, that's the thing that I was kind of wondering because um, it's you know it's it's when I played it, I played it single player. And I played quite a bit of it. I said I played about three or four hours, maybe, uh, maybe five. And I played, you know, uh, I, I almost took down an area completely. I don't think I finally took out any bosses. I was sort of, you know, trying to level up some things and getting the thing where you can, you know, have your whole team shoot somebody. Like I wanted everybody to do a shot, like a sync shot or whatever it's called. Sync shot, yeah. At the same time. But what, what, what I wonder about it is with the multiplayer, how does that work? Because I understand it's really fun to play in single player because you control the other three dudes and so you can sync up shots. In, in, in multiplayer, so the main person controls the other two when you're playing two player, right? And then. Oh, the, no, there's, the, there's no other squad mates. It's just your co op people. So just one, just two of you? Yes. How does that work? I mean, there's just two of us. Do they scale it, though? <laughs> no, not really. That sounds really hard. It's really not. I mean, yeah, like, as far... I mean, humans play differently than AI players. Um, That's true. Much more efficiently, no question. But if, if they don't scale the encounters, I mean, that I don't know. It seems like it would be hard because there's a lot... I mean, sometimes those groups get pretty heavy. So you guys just talk and, and coordinate yeah, and try to make sure you take them out. We can still mark enemies the same. We can use the sync shot numbering and then, you know, say, hey, let's take these guys out. Um... But only ever two at a time. Uh, well, actually, we do have a third, a friend of ours who, honestly, we haven't played with in years, but who joined, just jumped into our game because he saw we had it, and he played it at launch and really loved it. Okay. Uh, so we've been playing sometimes two, sometimes three. Okay. So is it better with three or what? I mean, I don't think... I mean, it is noticeably uh, different. He is fully maxed out level-wise, so he could do things we can't. That's funny. Uh like actually summon a helicopter which makes getting around very easy uh crazy but you know when we're alone it's not too hard yeah sometimes we get overwhelmed and killed but you know that's any game i think it's it's a lot of fun to stealth through places take people out silently when we can and when things go pear-shaped we just try to go for the objective and get it done and then get out of there and it can make for fun just escaping um so i think it's just it is very ubisoft in a lot of its construction but it feels like, honestly, it feels like kind of what the division was going for, but then, you know, got stuck with, oh, you got to do these instance events, and you have to level up in this very specific order to do the story missions, whereas this, I think, has a much nicer scaling to it, and it's just really fun to play in co-op. Awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so do you think you'll ever, like, maybe finish it completely, or? Uh, probably. I mean, we've finished out five or six regions so far we usually and what are there like 15 or they're about that i mean we finish out about one region per time we've played it okay um, all right so these are these are pretty big sessions like four hour sessions then yeah now i mean we haven't played a lot of it just because of overwatch having its event so we might go we'll probably get back to it more once that's over for the time being nice um but we've really enjoyed the game so far it's it's a lot of fun the, the gunplay is solid uh, the you know using the drone to scope stuff out and oh that uh, is fun that is really enemies fun. finding different um you know find collectible stuff even if it isn't always a major get like you know there's a lot of weapon parts to find or types of weapons um you can find skill points in the environment really leveling up your per your person to revive quicker or have more defense when they're revived do more vehicle damage it's it's sort of incremental upgrades that build up nicely. Huh. 
Interesting. Well, it sounds good. I mean, I I know that when I looked at the perk tree and I was building it out a little bit when I was playing, I noticed that none of it is like, oh my god, I gotta get that ability. It's more like, like you said, very incremental. Um, and it feels like, um, you know, they're fun, but they're not like mind blowing. I mean, no. in single player, in single player, the one where you can mark three dudes and have them all get killed at once, that's brutal. No, the um, best. But aside- or the best I would say is you get a medical drone eventually, which lets you fly a drone and auto revive someone, as opposed to having to run out into fire and bring them back, which is probably oh wow, the thing. Oh, that's huge. I-, I wonder if that's only multiplayer. Aren't there some perks that are only multiplayer? Or am I wrong? Um, I don't know. I can't say off the top of my head. There are some that really do only affect single player, so I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think I think I heard that or read that somewhere that that might be the case. But anyway, nice, um, and nice. Then it also has cool things like there. Are, uh, like, I don't want to, I, I guess seasonal, I, I think more just like weekly events that basically are, you know, unmarked in any way, but it'll give you hints on how to go do certain missions that are just in the world, and if you go do them, you'll get things like extra cosmetic items. Okay. So we did one of those where we, like, had to investigate a graveyard and find cool. markers and then go find these, uh, because it was kind of a Halloween-themed one. Oh, really? Then go find cultists that were worshipping at different statues in each of the mine areas throughout the world. And then we had to go to, like, a mass grave site and kill the cult leader. And then we That got sounds awesome. Yeah, now, again, it was a lot of just kind of guessworking and knowing the map and figuring stuff out. But, that, but it, it does a good job of telling you where you need to be, for the most part. Right. So. Well, that sounds really fun. I love that idea. Also, I know that that game, and it's weird because, so I know it has like two big DLCs already, but that they're odd in that they're completely standalone. So you have to have the game, but they start you over. Isn't that right? Well, they, they, they it's weird. They don't start you over. They start you as a level 30 character. But um, not your character. Not your character. Weird. Yeah. Very um, weird. I've heard, I mean, I've heard the second one is probably worth playing. The first one doesn't sound like it, but the second one's apparently. Which is the one with, like, the crazy, like, we're out on our fucking uh, buggies running through and being crazy and wild. That's the first one. Okay, got it. Um, Doing jumps and shit. Uh, but overall, we've been enjoying the game. So, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a lark purchase, but it was co-op. It's fun. I might end up picking up Resident Evil Six just because it's only eight dollars right now. Is it really only eight, man? I'm gonna have to grab it and play it again, man. I, I, it's fun. I mean, say what you will about its overall quality. I, I'm not gonna. That's debatable, sure. Um, I like it, but I mean, the game's fun, dude. It's fun to play. The Resident Evil Combat is fun. Sh- popping heads is fun. You know, shooting those dudes with shotguns feels fucking good. You know, so. And there's lots of weapons and lots of characters and lots of dudes to kill because there's so much content, quality or not. Sure. <laughs> so I think that that would be good. All right, man. Well, I think we're at that point where we need to talk about what we're going to be playing and then sign off. So um, what do you have coming up? Um, I know for – well, you talk. Well, uh, Sonic Forces is a big one. Is that day one? Yeah, that's day one. Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, beyond that – Pokemon Ultra Sun and Moon oh, is hell coming. Yeah. I'm really excited for that. And honestly, I'm curious. I, I probably won't end up getting it, but I'm I'm, I'm interested in Dot Hack GU uh, Last Code or whatever it's called. What? I know you played some Dot Hacks, or maybe didn't. I did. You've played, talked about them. I played a couple of the Dot Hacks back when the first series came out. And then they did a second trilogy called Dot Hack GU, 
and this is like a a compilation of the first three games as well as a new fourth part to the story. Ooh. Uh, and it's coming for PS4 uh, also on November 7th, I think. And it just Ooh. seems interesting to me. Sounds uh, like you get your money's worth. Yeah. I always liked the idea of it being an MMO game that is not really an MMO. Okay. Uh, that's what I liked about the first dot hack. Interesting. I don't know if I'll actually end up picking it up, but I'm just kind of interested in it. Uh, and then I've been looking at a few other games that are currently on sale during Shocktober. Um, right, finally right. Pick up Thimbleweed Park. It does look really cool. It does look really cool. I'm sure it is good. Um, yeah, I'm sure it got good reviews. So uh, I might pick that up. But 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 if not, I'm just finish the Evil Within. Awesome, awesome. Well, for me, obviously, I'm going to be playing more Destiny, like it or not, whether I like it or not. I mean, um, oh, I got oh, I got the Rat King today. It was it's like the uh, last exotic weapon I needed, so I have all 19 exotics now. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to record that here for posterity. Okay. Um, remember this day, the 28th, when I got Rat King. Okay, and then uh, I got Legend of Acreus earlier this week, so it was a big a big week for exotics. Um, and then um, I'm going to be playing Assassin's Creed Origins. I'm ready to dive into that game and just really love it. I'm really ready to play a single-player game after so much Destiny. I'm so ready to not have to, like, either be let down by others, but more often let other people down and feel that tremendous pressure. Like, my whole body heat rises when I play Destiny. Like, I'm just, like roasting um it's it, it, it heats me up like a furnace i'm so intensely playing because if you miss one little step your whole team wipes and it feels so shitty and then like people call you out and they don't mean to be mean but it's just like it's so disappointing when someone lets you down when you're working so hard you know um so it's like it'll be nice to play something that that is single player and 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 i control my own destiny and if i screw up i screw up and i get to start at a checkpoint <laughs> and that's it um, so that'll, that'll be a nice refresher. Um, also I'm really, I'm going to pop, once I rip my way, self away from destiny, I'm going to pop in the, uh, um, new, uh, superstar saga game because I'm really excited about playing that. I love that series. Um, the last couple haven't really been on point and superstar saga is probably the best there ever was. I, I think Bowser's inside story is, is, is close second, if not first, but superstar was awesome. And if they've evolved it and there's this new Bowser's minions mode, which looks really cool. So I'm going to, I'm going to pop the wrapper on that one and, uh, and check it out as well. So that's, that's my list coming up. Um, where can they find us? You can find us at thejoyofgeek.net for written articles, thejoyofgaming.com for our episode archive. You can find us on Facebook, the joy of geek, the joy of gaming, on Twitter, at the Joy of Game, um, And, of course, you can find me personally at IndigoMaster on Twitter, E-N-D-I-G-O-M-A-S-T-E-R, uh, jordanalsega.tumblr.com, or facebook.com slash jordanalsegawriter. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, that's it for me. And uh, all those same places as far as the Joy of Geek, Joy of Gaming stuff. Um, you can also find me at Rich Lepore on Twitter. Um, been doing a lot more tweeting lately um, about different things, anything from Project Runway to Mr. Robot to you name it. Um, so check me out there. Um, and on that note, um, this has been fun. And yeah. uh, I'm Rich Lepore. Jordan Alseca. We'll see you soon. Bye.